You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 138, we'll begin reading in verse number one. The Bible says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answered me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Verse number four, all the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. We see in verse number seven, and I'm going to try to cover uh, all eight verses, but in verse number seven, we see a very powerful and a very encouraging verse. The psalmist David writes, and he says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble. Have you ever felt like that was your story? I'm not getting through trouble. I'm not just getting into it. I'm in the middle of it. I mean, I'm in the thick of it. Uh, maybe you think about what's happened in the last uh, 12 months in our nation, and you think about the, the pandemic, and you think about the elections, and you think about the economy, and you think about all the craziness that's going on, and you say, that's us. We are in the middle of trouble. Uh, I've, I've tried not to discourage you, and I've tried not to talk a lot about politics lately, but you, you can't turn on the news and be encouraged hearing what the president's saying or not saying or doing and not doing. You cannot be encouraged with that, I promise you. And what's concerning is that here we are in what is the greatest nation in the world, and you wonder, where are we going? And what in the world are we doing? And I appreciate Bethany singing that song and a reminder that this is our Father's world and He's still in control and He's still on the throne. But we, oftentimes, we go through trouble. Maybe for you, and I've talked to people like this in the past year, but their trouble was not the pandemic. Their trouble, their, the elections didn't matter at all to them because they were going through some very difficult valleys with their home and with their marriage and with their children, uh, with their health. And can I tell you, that might be you tonight. You may be in the midst of trouble like that. It's personal, it's private. Uh, people don't even really know about it. It's not something that we would say, oh, I know what it is, but you know, and you're going through it. And can I tell you, you're not alone because other people are going through trouble. Sometimes we think we're the only ones, but I got news for you, you're not alone. Other people are facing trouble as well. But you're also not alone because you've got someone that's going through the trouble with you. You've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. 
You've got a person, a, a, a savior who shows up in the valley. He shows up in the trial. He shows up in the darkest times of your life and my life. And he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So verse 7 says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, and that might be you, but notice what David says about God. He says, even though I'm in the middle of trouble, he said, God is going to rescue me. Doesn't say that. He doesn't say God's going God's to somehow spare my life. Or God somehow is going, to, uh, going to, to pull me out of trouble at the last second? Oh, no. David goes from one extreme to the other. He says, I'm in trouble, and I'm in the midst of trouble, and I'm walking through it right now. He said, but God's not only going to save me, God's going to revive me. God's going to take me from the, the, the despair and the, 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 the sorrow and the struggle that I'm in, and God's going to put me up on a mountaintop. God is going to take me and God is going to revive. That means to give new life. It means to give a new passion, to give a, a new strength. And God is able not just to somehow spare you and leave you on the edge of trouble. God's able to get you out of the trouble and not only that, but revive you in the process. Let's notice quickly what to do when you are in trouble. Verse number one. David said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Would you jot it down, number one? What do you do when you're in trouble? You can do some praising. Praising is good for the soul. Praising is good for the child of God. Even when you're in trouble, David said, I'm going to praise God with my whole heart. There are some things that we do half-hearted. Maybe you have a job like that right now and you say, I'm putting in time, but I hate it. I'm putting in time, but I can't stand this job. And I, I don't even know if that'd be half-hearted. That might be a, a, a quarter heart or, or a tenth of a heart. I don't know how much you're putting in. I hope you can put your whole heart in something. But isn't it great when there's something that you enjoy and something you love and something you have a passion for and you can give your whole heart you can give everything you've got, every ounce of strength and, and all that you have, you put it into that. Wouldn't it be good if we put our whole heart into praising God? Wouldn't it be great if we came to church and we said, hey, I don't have to come to church, I get to come to church. I don't have to serve God, I get to serve God. I don't have to work up in the sound booth or I don't have to work in the nursery or I don't have to uh, work on the bus route. I get to work in that and I'm gonna give it my whole heart. I don't have to be a husband. I get to be a husband. I don't have to be a father. I get to be a father. I don't have to be a Christian. I get to be a Christian. Wouldn't it be great if we could give our whole heart? Charles Spurgeon said this, we should have a broken heart for our sin, but we should have a whole heart for our Savior. And I say to that, amen. Give God your whole heart. Give God everything you have. Psalm 9, verse 1, David said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Psalm 111, verse 1, David said, with my whole heart will I praise God in the congregation and in the assembly. You know what that means? That means when you come to church, it's not excused to say, well, I don't, want, I don't know what people would think. I don't want people to think I'm weird or I don't want people to think I'm strange, so I'll just come to church and I'll just, you know, try to 
try to hide out. I know everybody's different. I know every personality's different. Uh, I'm not saying you have to be like me. As a matter of fact, please don't be like me. We don't need that many crazies in one place, you know. Uh, but you ought to give everything that you've got. You ought to give your whole heart in the, in the, in the congregation, in the assembly, to worship God with your whole heart. David said this in Psalm 119. He said, with my whole heart have I sought thee. I hope you're seeking after God with all you've got. Oh boy, we seek after a lot of things. I, I, I've told the story before, and I was amazed. Uh, my wife was down at a ladies' conference years ago uh, down in Wilson. And I told you the story about how that uh, she was in a store after that conference, and, and uh, someone, um, I don't want to say this, someone uh, picked up her cell phone. I'll put it that way. Somebody picked up her cell phone. And uh, whoever picked it up didn't realize that with the iPhone, you got a tracking device on there. And so Joanna calls me, and I'm trying to look at it on, uh, on my, uh, my, my phone. And she said, ah, she, so she just came back, and we're tracking it. And so she calls the police, the Wilson police. She says, somebody got my phone. And not only did they get my phone, but they're driving through Wilson with it, and we're telling them a play-by-play -play of where they're going. And the Wilson Police Department, I don't know how in the world they did it, but they said, stay on the line. They said, we, we think we've spotted the vehicle, just kind of where that vehicle was. And I don't know if the vehicle looks suspicious. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe the vehicle, maybe it had like a Duke bumper sticker or something. I don't know. No, Brother Curry, just want to make sure you're listening. I'm just teasing, just teasing. I went all last weekend and I didn't say a word about it. And uh, even now, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say anything about Duke being in the tournament or out of the tournament or, uh, you know, excuses for why they may not want to play. And I'm not going to say any of that stuff. But anyway, the, the Wilson police, they were following a the vehicle. They said, stay on the line. And we said, okay, they're crossing this street and they're, they're going here. And they said, okay, good, just to stay on the line. I, honestly, I think, Joanna, I think we were kind of ready just to say, there's no way. There's no way they're going to find this vehicle in Wilson, North Carolina. And here we're trying to tell them from Roanoke Rapids. And they pulled into a parking lot. And it was, I think it was the Walmart Supercenter parking lot. And we said they pulled in the parking lot. And on that app, on I think it was my iPad or phone, I forget what it was. But on that app, you could see which aisle they pulled into of the parking lot. I couldn't believe it. And the officer, we told the officer, said, yep, said, oh, we think we know, we think we see him. And then the, the iPhone's got this feature that if you, if you push the button, your actual phone, it will start dinging. I mean, it'll start beeping pretty loud. And so as they got up to that vehicle, they said, go ahead and push that button. So we started pushing the button, the officer's on the phone. And as the officer's approaching the vehicle, we can hear Joanna's cell phone dinging. They nailed them. And of course, the folks that had the phone, they were such good Samaritans. They, they handed over the phone. And they said, yeah, we found this and we were going to return it, you know, as soon as we could. And, uh, but they got the phone back. But after that, I remember thinking, here is a, a, a police officer. I think he had somebody with him there, a partner. And they were willing to go to all that time and all that trouble. And we're, we're trying to see it on the app. And we're trying to figure out where a phone is. And we would go to great lengths. And by the way, you would too, right? You know how expensive phones are today? You would go to great lengths to get a phone back. But I wonder how much we put into searching after God. I wonder if we search for God and look for God and seek after God with our whole heart. You want to know why David was a man that God used so greatly? 
He was a man that searched after God. David's Christianity was not casual. David's relationship with God was not a once a week or, or, or a once a month or a once a year. It was a daily relationship that he had with God. He said in Psalm 119, with my whole heart will I observe thy law. He said, I have prayed with my whole heart. Sometimes I'm so convicted when I pray because I'll pray and I'll think after I pray, was I really praying with all my heart? Was I really praying with a fervency? And was I really praying with a, a, a desire that, that God had to answer? I hope that's how we pray. David said in Psalm 119, 69, I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. I wonder if there's ever a day where we do something that, that is contrary to the word of God and, and, and the Holy Spirit convicts us and says, you know, that's not what God wants. That's not what God's word says. And if we would keep God's precepts with our whole heart, what a difference it would make in our lives and in our homes and in our marriages and at the workplace and at the church house. David said in Psalm 119, 45, I cried with my whole heart. I'm just simply saying we ought to praise God with our whole heart. Give it everything you've got in praising God. Notice with me, if you would, verse one, I will praise thee with my whole heart. David says, before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. That word gods, it, it could mean rulers. It could mean magistrates but it also has the idea of false gods. And I think David here is making it very clear. He says, I want people to know the God that I worship is the true God. I want people to know that those idols and those false gods of the heathen, I don't care a bit about them, but what I care about is praising and singing and worshiping to the God of heaven. There ought to be praising. What do you do when you're in trouble? Number one, there should be some praising. He says in verse number five, he says, Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. He said in verse number two, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Brother Dan was uh, talking in Sunday school today about Daniel and Daniel praying Daniel was in Babylon, and then the uh, Medo-Persian Empire came to power. And in Daniel 6, Darius was the king, and Darius signed a decree that nobody could pray to any other god except for Darius for 30 days. Well, Brother Dan was talking in the Sunday school lesson, and he said, you know, he said, uh, that would have been a good time for Daniel to say, I think I'm going to get in my prayer closet today. And I think I'm going to shut that door. And I think I'm going to keep this kind of top secret. And by the way, I think that's what most of us would have done. But you know what Daniel did? The Bible says that he opened his windows toward Jerusalem. Was that just some crazy idea that Daniel had? Like, yeah, I think that'll make me feel better to pray toward Jerusalem. No, that was what God had said. First Kings, God had said, First Kings 18, that when you're in captivity and if you'll pray toward this place. Now, I still don't see in Scripture where it said anywhere you had to have your windows open. But Daniel was praying toward Jerusalem. What was so special about Jerusalem? That's where the temple was. What was so special about the temple? That's where the Ark of the Covenant was. That's where the presence of God was. 
And can I tell you, we ought to be worshiping God and we ought to have a desire to pray and we ought to have a desire to see God work and we ought to have a desire for the house of God and for the worship of God and for glorifying God. Our desire should be to be back in the house of God. That was the purpose of 1 Kings 18 was if God's people were ever in a spot where they couldn't get back to the temple, they would pray for God to turn their captivity. You know, I'm praying that God will turn this captivity of COVID around, aren't you? I'm praying that God will turn this around and I'm praying that we'll get some folks back, some folks that maybe think we're never going to be able to get back to church. I'm praying that they will be back and I'm praying that God will help them and that God will do an amazing work in the situation and He can and He is able. Notice with me if you would, verse number uh, five, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord uh, for great is the glory of the Lord. Number one, what do you do when you're in trouble? There should be some praising. Number two, I'll say quickly, what do you do when you're in trouble? There should be some promoting. There should be some promoting. It says in verse number two, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Now you think about that statement. God says that his word, and I understand when David was speaking, we didn't, the whole Bible was not complete. I understand that. But this is the word of God. Okay, I talked about that this morning. And if you're not sure if this is the word of God or not, I feel sorry for you. Because how do you know? How do you pick and choose? And how do you decide what you believe and what you don't? I just happen to believe that we have the Bible. I happen to believe that we have every word of God that he wanted us to have. We've got it in the Bible. I just believe that. And all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. But David says that God has magnified God has promoted his word above his name. You want to know how important the Bible is? God says that he has chosen to magnify it even above his name. Now, how important is the name of God? It's very important. It's a precious name. It's a lovely name. It's a wonderful name. It's a powerful name. As a matter of fact, Philippians 2 says that someday... At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So when we talk about promoting the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. When we talk about promoting the Bible, we're not talking about something small. We're not talking about something casual. We're talking about lifting up and proclaiming and publishing the word of God and getting the message out. That's what, that's what we're here for. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We are to promote and we are to magnify and we're to let people know that God's word has the answers, not just to eternity, but God's word has the answers for every problem that you face in your life. Notice what it says in verse number uh, four, all the kings of the earth shall praise thee. O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. How are all the kings going to hear? Were all of the kings in David's day, were all of the kings 
Christian? Did they believe in God? No. But David said this. He said, I'm going to do all I can to promote the word of God so that all the kings and all the nations and every person hears the word, not just that they hear it, but that they accept it so that they in turn will sing. They, the kings of the earth, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord. And I tell you, if we don't tell the world, who's going to tell them? I say this very carefully, and I've made statements like this before, and I want you to understand, Victory Baptist Church is not the only church that preaches the gospel. I understand that. And I'm not trying to, for one second, to make a statement to make anyone feel like we're better than anybody else. Like I said this morning, we're all a bunch of sinners that have been saved by the grace of God. But I ask this question. If we... At Victory Baptist Church, if we don't share the gospel with this community, and if we don't reach the gospel, we reach people with the gospel in this community, who's going to do it? Can I tell you? The problem is not to say, well, they should and they should. No, the problem is we should. It's up to us. How shall they hear? Without a preacher, how are people going to know the good news if those of us who know the good news don't share it with them? It's the Great Commission. It's God's plan to get the gospel out. Number one, what do you do when you're in trouble? You praise. Number two, you promote. You get the gospel out. You get the Bible out. You get the word of God out. But then number three, there must be some praying going on. I love this in verse number um, three. David said, in the day... When I cried, thou answeredst me, and thou strengthenedst me with strength in my soul. You know what will make a prayer warrior out of you? When you see answers to prayer. And you see an answer to prayer and you say, why don't I pray more? And why didn't I start praying sooner? And why didn't I pray more fervently? And why didn't I have more faith in prayer? Why was my prayer life so casual? When you see God answer prayer, that'll make a believer out of you. Let me tell you, I have seen, and uh, my wife and I, we have seen in this ministry, we have seen answers to prayer that I promise you, if I got up and if I told you some of the answers to prayer that we have seen, you wouldn't believe it. Can I tell you, you don't want to know why you wouldn't believe it? Because only God could do it. And God answers prayer. David said, when I cried, God answered me and he strengthened me with strength in my soul. Aren't you thankful for the strength that God gives in your soul? The strength that God gives to keep you going and to help you to take another step and the strength to give you boldness and the strength to give you confidence. David says in verse number uh, three, he says, when I cried, thou answerest. Verse number six, he said, though the Lord be high and God is high and God is higher than the highest and God is, is, is more mighty than the mightiest and he is to be exalted, king of kings and Lord of lords. But though the Lord be high and though he's exalted, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. Now, the world doesn't operate like this. If, if you want to talk to someone who is a bigwig, someone who's a CEO, it's almost like you got to be a CEO yourself, right? 
It's almost like if you want to talk to the guy in charge at your company, it's like if you're on the bottom of the totem pole, that guy doesn't usually have time for you. Maybe it's different in your company. But in the world that we live in, it seems like it's the guys at the top, they don't have time for the guys at the bottom. Well, guess what? You can throw that out the window when it comes to God. Because God who is high and exalted and lifted up and magnified and glorified, the only ones He's got time for are the ones who are lowly and those who come to Him in humility and those who recognize that they are nothing but He is everything. And God hath respect unto the lowly, but the proud He knoweth afar off. He's keeping them at an arm's distance, but God gives grace to the humble. May God help us in our prayer that our prayer is done in humility. Spurgeon said about David, he said, David had the amazing combination of great humility and great courage at the same time. And may God help us to be humble, but to be courageous in what God can do in us and through us. Not only when you're in trouble should you be praising, not only should you be promoting, not only should you be praying, but lastly, number four, we should let God do the perfecting. Would you notice in verse number eight, well, verse seven, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Now, now think about this picture. David says, God, you are stretching out your hand and you're knocking the enemies out and you're pushing the enemies away. And David said, and while your hand's out there, I think I'm going to grab hold. While your hand is destroying the enemies, I'm going to hang on to your hand and I'm going to trust you. And God, I am with you. I need you. And then he gets to verse number eight and he says, the Lord will perfect. Now, if you think that that means that you're going to be perfect in your life, don't hold your breath because that ain't going to happen until you get to heaven. But here's what that word means, that God is going to perfect. God is going to complete. God is going to do the work in you and in me to get us to the point where he wants us to be. The word perfect means to complete. The Lord appeared to Abraham, Genesis 17. And the Lord said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Well, that doesn't mean sinless. It means to be complete. It means be what I want you to be. And that ought to be our desire to say, I want to be what God wants me to be. That's my desire, to be everything that God has planned for me. Colossians 1.6, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it or will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Isn't it good to know that God's not done with us yet? Well, I'm glad God's not done with me because I still got a long way to go. And I'm glad that God is still working and God is still perfecting and God is still completing. And I'll say this, let God complete you. Let God work in your life. God knows what you need. God knows what I need. God's the one who's able to do the work. He knows what you're going through. He knows the problems you're facing. He knows the trials that you face. And let God do the work. David said, though I walk in the midst of trouble, 
We sometimes think that we cannot go on. We sometimes assume the worst. However, is it not amazing that God always comes through? We get through a valley and we so quickly forget all that God did to bring us through it. We see an answer to prayer and we see a blessing and we see a miracle and it just seems like it's not that long and we forget so quickly all that God has done in our lives and the perfecting that God is doing. It says in verse number eight, the Lord will perfect, the Lord will complete that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. You know why David had to throw that in there? Because God has to have a whole lot of mercy to work on some of us. I know God has to have a whole lot of mercy to work on me. There's times where, do you ever feel like really smart sometimes? And it doesn't last very long, but you feel that way for a little while. And then you say, oh, that was crazy. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? I know better than that. I know that wasn't what God wanted. Oh, and, and you go and you say, Lord, would you please forgive me? And isn't it amazing that God is always faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness? That's the mercy of God. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. I'm glad that when God starts a project, He doesn't quit on it. If we went to your house, or if you came to my house, you might see some projects that haven't been finished. You know why? Because sometimes we quit. Sometimes we don't finish. But I got good news for you. God always finishes His projects. When Jesus hung on the cross, you know what He said about the work of salvation? It is finished. He completed it. When I was... When I was a boy, I remember there was a certain cartoon I used to watch and um, wasn't spiritual, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't a Christian cartoon. There was a cartoon I used to watch and usually at the end of that cartoon, it would come to an end and, you know, they'd have the ending. But there were some times where it was nearing the end and as a child, you're not always good about gauging the time and you're thinking, whoa, 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 what's going on? It's like, it's like the cartoon was coming to an end. And you're thinking, this isn't over. This is not done. You know, they haven't gotten the bad guys yet, you know, or the good guy's still in trouble. And you think there's no way this can be over, but it looks like it's coming to an end. And then at the last minute, you know what would flash up on that screen? It's exactly right. To be continued. And you're happy, but at the same time, you're like, Oh, I got to wait till next week or I got to wait till tomorrow or whenever it was, you know, that was back before DVR. So you better catch it when it was coming or you don't know. But you know, I think in our lives, sometimes we think things are coming to an end and we can't figure it out, but God hasn't put the end on your life or my life yet. It's to be continued. It's a work in progress. And I want to let God complete the work in my life. I belong to Him. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. And I want God to have control. Sometimes we just need to take our hands off and say, Lord, please perfect. Please complete 
the work that you're trying to do in my life. And when God finishes a project, can I tell you, it's always done right. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.